details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public, no more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Finally, a guy in broadcasting that represents the very average side of us all. The following broadcast is in the hands of a college-educated, barely-employed guy that does a podcast for an audience of fewer people than Paris Hilton has brain cells. It's hard to imagine that he's perpetually single. Now, from the middle of desert Urbania, this is Michael Groth in Exile. Once again, I made the big mistake of uh, eating a substantial lunch before I record the podcast. And that, that's going to cause me to sit here and, and go, <coughs> the whole the whole show. It's going to be very disgusting. I, I'm trying to keep the... Well, see, I should probably... This is also an indication that I really should be eating better foods. But, you know, I'm sorry. Chicago Hamburger Company, the unofficial, official lunchtime hangout of uh, Michael Graf in exile has provided the food and refreshments, the beverages for this program. Anyway, welcome in. Yes, another edition of Michael Graf in exile underway on a Tuesday. It's uh, May the 4th, 2010, and apparently summer has hit. Spring's over, summer's here. It's going to be it could possibly, maybe, get to 100 degrees on Saturday. Uh, no. I am not ready for that. I am not ready for the four or five months of hell. Ah! Or whatever. So uh, on today's program, I, I do apologize for the excessive amount of background noise that you may be subjected to. Well, you know how the drill is. Um, I do have the air conditioner running in here. I'm not turning it off to do the podcast. My comfort is more important than the than the audio quality of this program. I have I've decided to make that sacrifice. And anyway, the contact information for the program, Mike at KMGX.com. That is our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. That's also the PayPal address for your most generous contributions to this program. Thank you to all of you that uh, take the the monetary and uh, put the monetary investment in this program. It is very much appreciated. And your generosity 
will never be overlooked by me. Most radio show hosts would at least give you some sort of tchotchke or they would, you know, have you have some sort of a pen or a shirt or a hat, some sort of swag with their name on it to promote the product. I don't do that, unfortunately. I really should. I should get in the business. I, I need to um, I need to start doing this. I need to get in that Bill O'Reilly, Rush Limbaugh sort of, yeah, the Jim Rome thing where... I have absolutely no shame, and I'll put my name on absolutely anything whatsoever. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Michael Groff condoms. Yeah. You get yourself a Michael Groff show thong, a hoodie, a hat, a mouse pad, a coffee cup. Yes, even Michael Groff show stationery. Anyway, joining us on the program today, and uh, because... Well, why the hell not? The unofficial official co-host of Michael Graf in Exile is James. He's here. Hi. Hello. Yeah, so uh, if, if you're wondering who the uh, other strange uh, disembodied voice that's coming at you is uh, throughout the program, uh, that's who it is. So I'm just letting you know. So what's up with you, buddy? Uh, you don't want to know. I don't want to know. Well, I just asked, so apparently I do want to know. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm spiraling into a deeper and deeper depression, and when you said Michael Groff condoms, I said I sure could use one of those. How's that? Yeah. You know what would be ironic is I wouldn't need them right now. I, I haven't needed them for a, for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll ever need one. Yeah, well, there you go. That's... Uh, so, so as you can see, this is the, it's, you've heard of the dynamic duo. This is the depressing duo right here that does, uh, that's doing this, this podcast. So, uh, if, if you felt that maybe you were too high in your life and that things were going a little too well for you, uh, this is the podcast for you folks. Um, that's all I can tell you. Um, Guaranteed to make you 15% less, de more depressed or your money back. Yeah. Well, that's, that's true. This will this is, it's a, it's a downer sort of thing, but listen, uh, at least, I'm laughing all the way to the bottom. I'm laughing all the way on the plunge down. All right, now, there's a lot of things to get into uh, on the show here. And, of course, as you know, there's the news. You know, there's, what's, there's what Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or any of the other gatekeepers of news thinks is news. There's what you think is news, and that's all well and good. But really what's important here is what I think is news. Everyone has their own definition of what's newsworthy. The feeling most people get when they hear a Barack Obama speech, my, I felt this thrill going up my leg. I mean, well, I don't have that too often. I guess some people shouldn't be gatekeepers of the news. But lucky for you, the decisions are now in the capable hands of this guy. Wow! It's time now for Michael Groff's seven most salient, salacious, and stimulating storylines of the day. Somebody sent me a message the other day saying, did that noise really come out of your mouth? I said, yes. I, <laughs> it, that, I really that's did make that. Yeah, well, no, unfortunately, that's not what she's been saying. Well, <laughs> all that, all too up. Anyway, let's get to it. Number seven. All right. Look, so, uh, this is just, 
I don't know what to call this, Tasergate? I guess that's what we're going to call it. A 17-year-old at a Philadelphia Phillies game decided, well, to act like a 17-year-old. And I've never understood this idea of running onto the field at baseball games, but this guy, had this kid had the great idea that he was going to run onto the field. He does. And uh, fat security, unable to get him. Luckily, a police officer was there and hazed the kid. Yes, Philadelphia police. Don't me, bro. Philadelphia police actually tased a 17-year-old kid that ran onto the field. And before you go, oh, well, that just, so what? He ran onto the field. Come on, man. Really? You, you need a taser to take down one kid? You got all those, if you see the video, there's all these guys chasing after him and you, you need, you need to use a taser. All right, well, that's cool. Number six. According to Gallup, the private sector is now being outpaced by the creation of government jobs. Yeah, that's right. Um, So government jobs such as census, census workers, um, the creation of jobs via the stimulus that's been going on. I wonder if that includes... Yeah, I mean, really, yeah. A lot of these are are temporary jobs. A lot of these are jobs that, uh, quite frankly, aren't... This is not... In other words, this is not good news. We'll get into it more, but needless to say, I'm not exactly thrilled by this, and uh, we'll tell you why. Well, isn't some job growth good? Well, yes and no. There's positive job growth, and then there's negative job growth, and that's kind of what we have going on here. Number five. All right, the NBA playoffs continue. And uh, the Suns beat the Spurs. Game one of their best of seven Western Conference. Semifinal kicked off last night, 111-102. If I had beer last night, which I didn't, but if I did, I would have been absolutely drunk. What a great game. What a great game. Uh, Other games, Jazz up uh, one to nothing on the... um, or uh, Lakers up one to nothing on the Jazz. Sorry, wishful thinking. Lakers up one to nothing on the Jazz in their uh, Western semi, and then in the East, Orlando. They get their series uh, started tonight with Atlanta, and uh, the Celtics evened it up last night with the Cavs, so their series tied one-one. And uh, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any predictions on this because they could very well blow up in my face. I'm not jinxing it. That's all you need to know. Number four. GM, Government Motors. Have they repaid their debt to the government? That's the common talking point. Some some people say they have. Um, But careful analysis and critical thinking and, you know, just math skills might say otherwise. We'll let you make the make you uh, let you make the call on this one, but I'm I'm gonna go with not so much. Number three. Three. The oil spill on the Gulf. Uh, we're looking at anywhere from three to five thousand barrels a day are leaking into the Gulf of Mexico. BP. Well, BP's got a big problem. They got a public relations nightmare. Fishermen gonna be out of business. Looking at a an environmental disaster. You know, they were going to have, um, yesterday, they were supposed to have some awards for uh, safety 
in the in the oil business. You know, and BP was uh, one of the top three. They were going to get an award. Yeah, they canceled that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, probably probably a good idea. But this is really this is a, a really serious deal. Um, many have criticized President Bush for his response to Hurricane Katrina. Not so many criticized Obama so far and the federal government's response to this disaster. Hmm. Number two. 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 In Nashville, the flooding, you talk about a serious situation. This is bad news. Um, Ten people in Nashville have been killed. Dozens more have been injured. Uh, A lot of people are flooded out of their homes. Some people have uh, come back to their homes just to find that they are... um, well, covered in mud, they're just, they're basically uh, nothing more than barely salvageable at best. And this is, uh, this is a situation, again, even though the rains have stopped there, the water, the water levels continue to rise. So flooding is going to be a problem in Nashville for quite some time. If, and, you know, you can say, well, you know, you live on a floodplain. No, no, no. This is flooding of a 100-year sort of scale. This is like, this is bad. If you've Noah's seen Ark. any. What, yeah, it, it is. It's almost like Noah's Ark. You, you see some of these pictures. You think, how can that much water, how can the whole city not have just completely uh, flown, uh, floated away? It's, it's unbelievable. Number one. Number one. And then... Obviously, the big story over the weekend was the attempted terrorist attack in Times Square. The Taliban have claimed responsibility. We have arrested the suspect. The guy admitted to it. (laughs) This guy, Faisal Shahzad. And the, the repercussions of this, the meltdown from this, the... Well, the whole thing is kind of puzzling. If you haven't heard the story, if you haven't heard some of the fallout, I think the most interesting aspect of this story, never mind the fact that it was a botched terror attempt and that nobody was uh, injured or killed in this, which is very fortunate. But the response, particularly from Michael Bloomberg, the esteemed mayor of New York City, just embarrassing. And once again, we have another situation where terrorists have tried to, or people have tried to sort of politicize terrorism. It's disgusting. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into this stuff. And we actually have a lot more stuff to get into as well. It's hard. It was hard to narrow down. I, I Think of it. I just gave you the seven things, some of the things we're going to talk about. And I didn't even mention 1070, the immigration bill, the boycott. I didn't mention any of that. I didn't mention uh, a lot of stuff I didn't mention. So that's just some of the stuff that's newsworthy to me. Yeah. Who needs billion dollar cable news when you've got Michael Graff? All right. So (laughs) this is, uh, let me just get to this before we go to break. I mentioned government motors and that's what I call them. Uh, The, the, government owning about 60% of uh, of GM. Unbelievable that 
they have repaid, they, they claim, they have ads saying that they've repaid their debt to the United States government. You believe this? And uh, the Federal Trade Commission, they're, they're, they want, some people want an investigation into whether or not these ads are actually accurate. And one of the groups that's involved in this is called the Community Enterprise Institute. They are filing a complaint with the FTC. Hopefully they're not too busy watching porn over there to actually look into this. Uh, because they say that these are factually inaccurate claims. Quote, most consumers would reasonably interpret GM's ads as uh, meaning both that GM has paid back all the money that it received from the government and that these repayments were made with its own funds rather than other government funds. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's right. GM paid back some of their money to the government. Let me see here. Let's see if I have this, uh, this total correct here. All right. Supposedly what happened is, um, let's see. I, I just want to make sure I, I have the, the numbers accurate here. They say that they've repaid their $49.5 billion bailout from last year. Yeah. yeah. The bailout included $49.5 billion committed to GM through the U.S. Department of Treasury's Automotive Industry Financing Program. But not so much because what happened was uh, the government also loaned GM additional money. So what happened was they took they took um, some of this money and uh, they took some other money that they got from the government and used that in addition to some of their own money to pay back this loan. So Treasury, it's all very confusing, but Treasury officials put $17.4 billion of the $49.5 billion in an escrow account, which required GM to obtain Treasury's uh, approval before making withdrawals. Since the repayment described by GM's head, Ed White, Whitecree, um, in television spots came from the escrow account... The government approved uh, the withdrawal for that purpose. So they withdrew from their escrow account to pay back the loan. So they got a loan to pay back a loan, basically? Uh, basically, if you want to break this down, yes. There's a loan to pay back the loan. They had That's some money. In an, yes, they had some money in an escrow account, and then they had this other money. And they used the money from the escrow account in addition to some of their own funds to pay back the loan. The other part, the other thing that you need to know about this is that the ads make it seem, according to this, this group, CEI, they, they say uh, that the ads make it seem as though GM is out of debt and that they're not, that, you know, everything's good there now. Well, that's not the case either. Last month, GM lost 4.3 I'm sorry, it wasn't the, the, the report last month. They, they came out with a report last month that said that GM lost $4.3 billion in the second half of 2009. Mm-hmm. $4.3 So in other words, they're still operating in debt. Um, they supposedly paid back the loan, but they only paid back part of the loan with another part of the loan that they received a different loan. 
This is again. This is all according to CEI, and I don't. If you're following this, it doesn't make sense to me. It seems as though uh, they still owe about what? Uh, I don't know. Thirty-two million dollars, or thirty-two billion dollars, rather. You, you might as well pay a credit card bill with the credit card. <laughs> well, people do that. You know what happens? There are people that they pay their credit card bill with another credit card. And they just keep on circling. And, right, and they keep cycling that. And, and uh, it's, it's just revolving credit. It's, it's just a revolving, it's sort of circular as a spiral credit. The problem is, really, all you're, all you're doing is you're perpetuating debt. Sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> Quote, GM's ads also leave the false impression that it is on the road to profitability since it's now able to pay off its debts. In public statements, GM deliberately sought to reinforce the impression by linking the repayment to increased sales of two cars produced by GM. Quote, in reality, however, GM used taxpayer money to make the repayment government bailout money from the troubled asset relief program and it was still losing money at the time of the advertisement. Wow. This false impression matters to customers and affects their purchasing decisions. Well, I mean, I guess you could say that it is false advertising. Uh, uh, I gotta admit, I've heard some stupid things from the automotive industry, but I think this is the stupidest so far. Well, it is. It's it's asinine to to, to make a claim that you re we repaid our debt. Yeah, but you repaid your debt with other taxpayer funds in a different account. Well, of course they want to boost their image. They they want to be like, oh, like Toyota. They still owe the government money, but we we paid off. All of that money. Well, Toyota has their own problems right now. They they apparently can't make cars that don't just want to randomly accelerate and kill people. <laughs> and, yeah. and the problem with Toyota is, of course, uh, it's the automotive industry is really screwed up right now because now Toyota, they have another investigation going on there. Of course, uh, this is going to be the ongoing investigation of how much they lied or tried to cover up the safety protocol violations that they had. So um, you have you have a really significant problem uh, in the automotive industry. They were probably hoping that it was only like one or two cars, and everybody would just sort of look in the other direction. Well, cars—if uh, you make enough of them, there's going to be malfunctions. There's going to be problems. It's amazing that yeah. there aren't more of them now, especially because there are onboard computers and things can malfunction. We all know. I mean, anybody that owns a Windows operating system, for God's sake, you know that uh, <laughs> if, if cars ran on even, like if they had even a tenth as many errors as an average Windows system, there'd be crashes all over the place. I, I tell you, my uh, brand new laptop, right, from the moment I got it, like the second I got it, I tried to look at, you know, the picture that comes pre-installed with, yeah. it, it, it's pro it stalled on that. It said, not responding. Oh dear! It was ridiculous. Well, yeah, I've uh, I don't even know if I've done a rant on uh, Windows Seven yet, or talked about Windows Seven. I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a rant. However, if you're if you're somebody like me and you like, 
you don't, you're not really open to change. You know, you're not, uh, you're not big into like dramatic changes suddenly. You like to sort of ease into things just a little bit. Then you're going to be, it's, it's going to be a shock to you. Anybody that's used Windows 7 in comparison with like Windows 2000 or any of the other Windows products, really. Well, it's I, very I'm different. Well, I'm a Mac person, but I couldn't afford it, so <laughs> I had to go with Windows. Yeah. I don't, listen, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that comes on the air and unceremoniously bashes Microsoft, all right? But <laughs> I'm, I'm not necessarily even going to hate on Windows 7. It's, for some people, supposedly Microsoft listened to its customers and they developed uh, a, an operating system based on feedback from customers, from consumers, but I don't like it, personally. I don't, as, aesthetically I'll speaking. I'll admit there are a couple of things I like about it, like um, how if you like hold over the Internet Explorer, you, you see all your tabs up. You don't have to like click through a bunch of things. I'll admit that's a good feature. Yeah, but they had that. The problem is... is it, it, they could have left that the way it was in Vista or even XP where it was set up that way. I mean, I don't want to break down too much of it, but yes, that's fine. But I'm not, aesthetically, I just don't like, I mean, I had to sit here. I worked for like 16 hours to set up my, uh, my Windows 7 laptop here, uh, <laughs> how I wanted it. Uh. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass. But, you know, that's me. I have, I have, I'm very different when it comes to what I want and what I expect out of machines and, and what my needs are versus what other people, are. you know. So I'm, I, I admit wholeheartedly that I, um, I have different demands. I have different things that are important to me. But still, I mean, for my purposes, I, didn't li I don't like their little docking system that they have. I just close that altogether. I don't even use that. Um, you know, I, I try to set it up to as close as it as it is to, you know, classic Windows sort of setup. So, uh, yeah, so there, there, yeah. there's, there's a breakdown for you of, of Windows 7. <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't have, I didn't have $10,000 lying around to purchase a Mac. So, oh. you know, sorry. Sorry, Apple. <laughs> Hey, I still haven't. Don't rag on Apple. I still haven't hey. bought, and I still haven't, you know, got on the iPad bandwagon. I probably won't. Um, I have an iPad. I have an iPad Nano. It's called an iPod Touch. You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't have an iPhone because they have AT and T. So there's absolutely no point in having an iPhone, uh, <laughs> as AT and T yeah. is the singularity of the. Well, they are indeed the worst. Um, a phone provider. They're the worst provider, I think, ever. Even worse than T-Mobile, which I didn't think was possible. All right, anyway, coming up, um, we're going to, well, we'll look at the pop chart coming up a little while later in the program. I figure I might as well do that because, you know, God knows when, uh, when we'll have another, we'll have another podcast. We enjoy torture. Well, and, and yes, I do like yeah. to inflict torture on the audience. <laughs> and uh, what else? When I, oh, Got to talk about the terror attack. Got to talk about a lot of other stuff. And would you pay $12 for a cup of coffee? I would. <laughs> I 
Just when you, you know thought. I was, because I'm wearing a white polo and I just came back from golf while I'm drinking wine. Hey, I wear polo shirts. <laughs> Occasionally. I don't have one on right now, but yes, I, I have been known to wear them. No, but I would... Well, of course, just take a guess what city that comes from. And a whole lot more still to come. So, Canada. Yeah, James, <laughs> James is here. I'm here. You're here. And that's really all that matters. We'll be back. Segment number two, Michael Groff in exile on a Tuesday. It's May 4th, 2010. Mike at KMGX.com. The email address is Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. Should you want to hit us up, send us a message. EFNet IRC, we uh, do hang out over there. The channel is Net Radio. You can always access that and all other things Michael Groff related by going to michaelgroff.com. Don't forget, you can also uh, send us some cash via PayPal. And pick up some wonderful Michael Groff condoms. Yeah, well, uh, once... (laughs) (laughs) You know that um, we really should... You know, people say... I just don't... I haven't justified doing this yet, but people do say that they would buy a Michael Groff show like t-shirt or a or a hat. And, and personally, I just... I just don't quite have the... I don't know. I don't know why I haven't done it. Maybe I'm just not quite the capitalist I think I am. I just don't know. I would feel very weird about selling a product with my own name on it to other people and say, hey, why don't you promote me by wearing this? I I just, it feels, it feels weird to me for some reason. And then, of course, there's, there's the issue of putting my name on everything. Like, where does it stop? Do I go to shirts, hats, hoodies, mouse pads, coffee cups? Do I go as far as condoms? Do I go to thongs? Do I... I think it should stop at hats. Anything I, should stop at hats. Do I go to leggings? Mufflers? Uh, yeah, do I go to like, yeah. Do I, do I, yeah, do I have Michael Groff Show tea? Do I have uh, coffee? What What do I do? And how much do Michael I charge? Groff, no, 
Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Bill O'Reilly. I mean, how I got, you know, how I got started on this. Several years ago, I got started on this. I've done, I do this rant every once in a while where I talk about, uh, you know, hosts that, um, that sell, that put their name on all sorts of stuff. And we've broken it down. There was a, a show where um, we went through Rush Limbaugh's site and we found, we just found, he puts his name apparently on everything. He had an EIB chair and he says it's leather, but it's actually pleather. It's not even, you know. And then he had like, uh, you could buy a, uh, like, like jackets, hoodies, shirts, hats, uh, golf I shirts. But Michael then, Graf show video game. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, where does it, where do you, how far do you take the merchandising? How far do you go to put tchotchkes, you know, have, sell these tchotchkes? He had a Rush Babe on board sign. You know those baby on board signs that people have in their cars? He actually has a Rush Babe on board sign. You know, and we, we broke that down. I, I should go back into the archives and, uh, and, and find that, where we went through the site and we just went and, and put up, just talked about every everything that this guy has. And then he's not the only one that does it. You know, it's one thing if you write a book and you sell your book on your site, because a book, I mean, that's like, that's serious time. That's a serious time commitment. If I put in the time to write a book, you damn well bet I am going to sit there and promote the hell out of it on my site and I'm going to ask people to buy it. But I mean, <laughs> saying that it's, you know, signing on the dotted line and telling some company, okay, why don't you make a bunch of uh, shirts or hats with my name on it? And I just think what it does is I, I just think it's sort of milking the audience. I think it's watering down your product. And really, it's free promotion for your show. Why would you charge for that? And then some of these guys, they say, well, you know, a portion of the money, a portion of the proceeds go to X charity. <sighs> All right. I mean, I guess, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel kind of skeeved out about it. Like Bill O'Reilly, I, I think how I started on a, a, a Bill O'Reilly rant once too was I remember he was doing a show and he goes, you know, in his bloviated fashion. You know, you know, uh, you know it's, it's uh, Father's Day is coming up and what better way to tell your dad you love him by giving him a Bill O'Reilly, a no-spin zone pen. <laughs> like, a no-spin zone pen. You know, as I said at the time, uh, if I gave my dad, God rest his soul, if I gave my dad a no-spin-zone pen, he would have used that pen to write me right the hell out of the will. All right, because... <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that's what it's... It's just... And, and, and I think he charged... I, honestly, I think he charged 20 bucks for that. It's a pen! I can go down to Osco or I can go down to Walgreens and I can get a pen. I can get a whole box of pens for like two bucks. I, I'm not sure which I'm more offended by. The fact that somebody would give me a, well, with it, a Rush pen or the fact that well, they no, would just give me a pen. It, no, it's a, it's a Bill O'Reilly. It's a no spin zone pen. <laughs> let's, let's be perfectly clear about this. I can, I can write Sharpie on a pen, no spin zone, and, and I might as well call it that. <laughs> Oh, my God. Again, books are one thing. Like, Hannity always promotes his books and sells his books and other... Okay, fine. But, I don't know. Whatever. People say they would buy stuff with my name on it, though, so maybe, I, maybe I'm missing out. Maybe I'm just not thinking... I, and listen, I could use the money. There's no question about that. I personally uh, would buy the shirt, but if I bought the hat, I would never wear it because I'd never wear hats. 
Yeah. So I would buy the shirt at least. Yeah, at and least then I would buy the shirt. And then that—that's the other thing. It's like, would I wear my own hat? Like, would that be weird if I wore <laughs> my own hat? Like, do these guys wear their own products? Like, would you ever catch Bill O'Reilly walking around with a no spin zone or a Bill O'Reilly hat on? I mean, to cover that big bald head of his, would, you, would he ever do that? Would Rush Limbaugh does? Well, actually, I know that he uses EIB mouse pads. He does have. He is kind of a horn. I guess he would. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say that I am using a, 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 this program I'm on, I have my EIB stationery where I write my show prep materials and my stack of stuff is printed out of my EIB printer. Ladies and gentlemen, the rush of the papers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always got to let you know. Ladies and gentlemen, in my, the stack of stuff today, ladies and gentlemen, it's all about liberals. Yeah. The facts about the program are in my very hand. My formerly nicotine-stained fingers. Uh, yeah, it lets you know that he's, he doesn't smoke anymore, except for occasionally maybe a fine cigar, ladies and gentlemen, every once in a while. Anyway, um, I no longer have sex with whore. The I am uh, just a media whore now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we don't know what he did down in the Dominican Republic. He wouldn't. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I could tell you what I did down there. <laughs> yeah, but actually, I'm glad that you oh. can't, or I'm glad that you don't. Uh, all right. Yeah. Um. So, uh, very serious situation. Well, I don't want to blow it up to any bigger than it was, but certainly a a rather stressful a rather rather tenuous situation occurred over the weekend in Times Square New York City where an SUV was found uh, that had uh, explosives in it among other things gasoline and propane uh. and this was a vehicle uh, this was uh, an attempted terror attack and I say attempted it totally failed um, perpetuated by this guy Faisal Shazad, we have him now. By the Shazad, sir. Yeah, uh, this is uh, well. Once again, no surprise that uh, of what what was going on here. But it was a very uh, strenuous situation on Saturday night when uh, police discovered this. Um, look, this is something that you always have to be conscious of, especially when you live in a place like New York City. This kind of stuff can happen. He tried to make a car bomb, tried to blow it up, and he tried to time it so that it would go off with maximum effectiveness when people were getting out of Broadway shows and at a, a rather busy time, a, a late evening in New York City, which is a very busy time there, to do as much damage as possible. Now, the Pakistani, <clears throat> the Pakistani American admitted. Now, for those of you who don't know, we are not racially profiling this is indeed a person from the Middle East. He is Pakistani. We are not racially profiling. We assure you. Faisal, just so you know. Faisal Shahzad, a naturalized U.S. citizen born in Pakistan, told authorities that he acted alone in Saturday's failed bombing. But skeptical investigators are looking into his recent past and his ties to Pakistan. Shahzad, 30, was arrested late on Monday night after he was uh, taken um, from, a, from an Emirates airline flight 
Uh, he was going to head for Dubai. He was, he was on his way out of the country, folks. This guy, he knew that he screwed up, and he figured he could get out of here as quickly as possible. Now, the SUV, here's what he did. I mean, this guy was a complete idiot, okay? Fortunately, fortunately, most of these guys that are committing these terror attacks are morons. I mean, we can actually take some solace in this. Uh, I will point out, and I'm going to circle back to this later, but let me just underscore this conversation by saying that the Taliban has taken responsibility for this. They are claiming responsibility for all of this. Let me, I will circle back to that. Just hang on. But this guy got an SUV. He bought it off of Craigslist, <laughs> which in and of itself, he paid cash only for it. This guy was sending up red flags quickly. He then, he, he loaded it up with, I believe, three propane tanks, uh, gas, and uh, so he, and, he, and he tried to just sort of set it off, light it, set it off, run, take off. He figured that from all the accounts I, I receive on this, he figured that he would get the fire going, it would start to burn, there would be sort of an initial blast in and around the SUV, maybe getting some people. Then as investigators came to, to check it out and as people were around, what would happen is it would get maximum efficiency because the heat would then ignite the propane, which would then explode in a wider area, sending shrapnel, uh, fire just everywhere and uh, try and do as much damage as possible. That was sort of his, his uh, modus operandi here. But He was trying to create a lot more... Uh bark than bite as it were uh, a lot as much bark as he could basically well his his idea but the problem is uh, number one we can take some solace in the fact that this guy clearly and I mean I don't want to promote this or anything but let's face it uh, you can learn how to make a bomb on the internet that's much more efficient than what this guy was doing I mean just so you know, in order to make a bomb, you need a trigger, you need an accelerant, and you need something that is, is usually you need a timer, a trigger, and an accelerant. And obviously you need um, something to carry the bomb in, obviously. But this guy obviously didn't uh, take basic bomb making 101. If this is the best, if the Taliban, if I was the Taliban, I would not be taking responsibility for this because this, this makes me really question how dangerous the Taliban really is. Like if this is their best shot, if this is who they send over here to blow us up, I mean, I, I'm, and I'm very, and let me underscore by saying I'm very fortunate that nothing bad came of this, but if this is the best that they've got, if this is uh, their best shot at us, I'm not really frightened of the Taliban. The question really is, do we really need 50,000 soldiers to be fighting these guys if this is the best they've got? If this is, if, if a bomb, they describe it as a rank amateur in terms of uh, the, the guy's uh, ability to make a bomb. This is like kids would be able to make better bombs than this. We made like, stink bombs that, as kids <laughs> that were more effective than this. <laughs> Shazad is from the disputed Kashmiri region 
but it's not known if he was actually affiliated with the Taliban. Now they they claim that this is you know their thing, but they they again they claim every attack that goes on is theirs. Essentially, they're <laughs> like Al Qaeda. <laughs> Even Al Qaeda didn't want to claim this one. No, and we're going get stepped on. It's their fault. No, yeah. You know what? We're going to steer clear of this one. We're not going to get involved. <laughs> Quote: Which group he may have belonged to, and how he became radicalized, we don't know yet," said one source. Although markets shrugged off the New York car bomb attempt as a sort of one-of-a-kind situation, tensions are still high among investors. So this has had some small impact. But again, most people are not really all that worried about it. I'm surprised. Really, there was not much panic. People were obviously a little nervous because it is New York City. It is a terror attack or an attempted attack. Uh, we are talking about somebody that's from the Middle East. We're talking about yet another guy that supposedly is part of the religion of peace. <laughs> Again, these are just some of the details that we have in this guy. Um, right away, everybody was trying to run out as quickly as possible and saying, you know, we don't know if it's if it's Islamic terrorism. We're you know, they, they immediately they're trying to run out and do this. Let's face it. Generally speaking, this is the kind of thing that we would associate with it. Now, we would also associate them with being successful. So, fortunately, they weren't. But this guy led a, he just left a paper trail a mile long. The, the license plate, he did uh, remove that. But the vehicle identification numbers, they tried to scratch off the VINs on the, uh, on the engine, um, on the, uh, under the, uh, on the dash and everything like that. But unfortunately, they didn't get all of the vehicle identification numbers that are stamped on the vehicle. And uh, as a result, they were able to track down. They were able to, I mean, this guy just set up a, a neon sign that said, here I am. I'm your guy. And then he tried okay. to run. He tried to run to Dubai. Now, um, the belief is the reason he set up the bomb is not more or less just to create terrorism, but because, as all of you know, recently, um, or as most of you should know, recently South Park aired an episode where they depicted the Muslim prophet in a um, bear suit. It was later revealed that the person in the bear suit was Santa Claus. Now, um, the backlash was nearly immediate from the South Park episode. They were immediately warned that they could end up as the um, Danish director that was killed by a radical Islam, I believe. And um, so, of course, immediately thereafter, the second episode depicted at 201... Um, which they revealed Santa, you know, was in the bear suit and all. They bleeped out the Muslim prophet's name. Yeah, we talked. Episode. Yeah, we talked yeah. about that on the show. Like, yeah, what happened was um, they depicted Muhammad, the prophet Muhammad, in South Park, and they made reference to him. Yeah. And in in the first uh, part of the two part episode, and then um, they, yeah. the higher ups, the suits of Comedy Central decided that's not a good idea. They went back. They bleeped that out. They had uh, they covered up Muhammad. They also um, bleeped out a speech, which I think is still unknown what Kyle was saying. Well, according to um, Trey Parker, one of the creators of South Park, and according to that, the speech was actually talking about tolerance and understanding, and blah. It actually was not a bad speech. 
It, it wasn't anything negative necessarily, um, but they just decided to omit that as well. And so, oh. again, this is just kowtowing. So, so you think that this has to do with that? Uh, well, it's also believed rumors. Now, uh, the reason the rumors are here as such is because, well, as you know, it was set near um, the theater where The Lion King was playing, but it was also near a Viacom studio, which I forget how it's associated with South Park. I think it's like... Well, Viacom is CBS, is part of CBS, and CBS uh, owns... Or Viacom owns uh, Comedy Central. All right, then. So, yes, it's believed the reason, the it's the one of two believed reasons that the bomb was set up. It's so that way um, it could damage the nearby Viacom building and its employers who, you know, aired South Park and did stuff they shouldn't do. Yeah, but then, like, why put it there at 10 o'clock at night or whatever it was? You know, that yeah. just... Well, they, they Though, probably... That is they an interesting theory. It during a busy time. Yeah, I mean that is an interesting theory. Um, I haven't I, I haven't heard that, it's but just a rumor. yeah, it's I, just a rumor. I I would I can't imagine that a show would generate that kind of response. But then again, this would be the same religion of peace that rioted all across Europe when there were comic strips that uh, depicted Muhammad. There was uh, there were people that were killed. You had rioting going on um, well, from well, Allah, like who's all merciful. Was, um, immediately backlash and response like the day after the episode aired immediately um radical islams went onto the web went onto the internet and warned the south park creators that they could end up and their employers end up like the danish director yeah well listen i i can't just dismiss that as completely unreasonable um because these are not reasonable people that you're dealing with here. You know, oh. these, th this, again, it's hard to use logic when we're talking about illogical people that ha have this intent on blowing you up all the time. This, because of, they don't like your lifestyle, they don't like your allegiance with Israel, they don't like your depiction of Muhammad, they just don't like you, period. You're an infidel, you don't agree with their religion, whatever the case is, you can't reason and this is what i say about the palestinians as well you cannot reason with the unreasonable and in a way they proved their point um matt uh parker and trey whatever um matt they proved Stone their point parker. didn't they uh because they um at, at the beginning of the episode uh the first episode sorry they they kept on debating on how to depict muhammad and every time muhammad even spoke Mr. Garrison or some other character would um, go, is that okay? Uh, is that okay? You know, they, they proved their point that these people are so unreasonable. You, you can't even think about Mohammed, otherwise they'll blow you up, you know? Yeah, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't see the episode, so I don't know. Um, uh, I didn't either. Yeah. But, well, well, you saw the um, rant that... Um, uh oh god uh not um john stewart the other guy uh no stephen uh, colbert uh, no not yeah john stewart was the guy who made the rant he made a rant about how they were stupid to censor it and at the end he said go f yourself the you know radical islam yeah well i think the most outrageous thing that's come of this and there's been a lot of commentary about all of this um there has been 
just tons of reports. And as you mentioned, there's lots of rumors as to what's going on with this guy. Um, that, I think, is the best rumor. It has uh, a little bit of strength behind it. Attorney General Eric Holder says that you know we're getting information from this guy. Um, he is being charged with terrorism against the United States. But I think the most interesting thing that's come from this is New York's mayor, America's mayor, Michael oh Bloomberg. Now, Michael Bloomberg was interviewed by the perky Katie Couric, who's uh, a <laughs> uh, nice third place ratings, Katie, with a continuously falling audience. Katie Couric got a hold of Michael Bloomberg and uh, he said some interesting things and you know it was just part of the discussion about all this and everything was everything was going all well and good with the interview until bloomberg basically attributed what happened in new york city with and the idea behind the terrorism and the, the motive behind the terrorism with people associated with the Tea Party or people that didn't like Obama's health care plan. Yeah, that's right. Bloomberg made the link between <laughs> terrorists and guys that disagree with Obama and people that are part of the Tea Party. Uh, now, don't take my word for it. Here's, here's Michael Bloomberg. This is, these, this is straight from the horse's mouth. Here's Bloomberg with Katie Couric. Oh. If I had to guess 25 cents, this would be exactly that. Somebody a who's homegrown. homegrown, maybe a mentally deranged person or somebody with a political agenda that doesn't like uh, the health care bill or something. It could be anything. In the wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, could get be. Some wax out of your ears. Yeah, could be. You know, somebody that doesn't like the health care bill could be. You know, uh, somebody in the Tea Party could be. You know, somebody that's mentally deranged. Again, he's making the connection between mentally deranged people, people that don't like the health care bill, and then triangulating that with a terrorist attack. He basically just called Americans terrorists. No, he called. Well, yes, he called a section. He. Indirectly, he indirectly linked people that are not in favor of the health care bill and mentally deranged people together and then linked those people. We're using the transitive property here. He then linked those people with terrorists. You know, this is again, this is the kind of polarization that's very dangerous and, and I, I, I warn against this all the time. And this is the kind of stuff. I don't care. I, I, people disagree about things politically all the time. There's and disagreement is healthy. Um, debate is healthy, but this polarization and this kind of nonsense, especially from a mayor of the largest city in the United States and the city that was targeted in this particular incident and has been a target for terror attacks, from this kind of uh, leadership, we don't need these kind of comments. And that's just that's just nutty. Not only is it nutty, but it's completely irresponsible. Well, you know, could be somebody associated with that tea party. Uh, could be that kind of thing. No, it's not. That's not what it is, Mr. It, Mayor. It I'm sorry. I'm going to... Islam, uh, supposedly, or maybe working alone, trying to inflict terrorism on the city of New York. Yeah, like, if I had a guess, 25 cents, haha. <laughs> Well, I'll give you your quarterback, ass. No, really. I mean, this is 
this is tantamount to people that associate um, the Bill 1070 in Arizona, the the uh, the anti-immigration bill, which is really just the mirror of the federal law. It, it's sort of like, um, well, uh, oh, geez, when Obama passed, I forget if the economic bill or something like that, and he called the people who voted for it and congratulated them for their patriotism. Right. And In again, a backhanded way, he the, called the, the supposition is Right. The, the, the supposition there is, is if you didn't vote for it, you weren't patriotic. I right. forget if it was the health care. No, that was, not. right, that was, yeah, what you were talking about, that was, uh, I believe that was the stimulus bill. Ah. And then, so, they, yeah, Michael Bloomberg saying this, and what my point here is, you know, this is, again, it's just like the people um, that say that if you're uh, part of the uh, anti-immigration crowd, you're racist. See, these are just ad hominem arguments. They don't add any type of substance to the debate. And, again... It's just meant to sort of drive a wedge between us. And that's the really, that's the unfortunate part about guys like Michael Bloomberg that are doing this. Again, don't, don't take my, this is, these are words that came out of his mouth. He attributed mentally deranged with people that didn't like the health care bill with terrorism. Listen again. Would be exactly that. Somebody a who's homegrown. homegrown, maybe a mentally deranged person or somebody with a political agenda that doesn't like uh, the health care bill or something. It could be anything. In the See, that's, that's what you're talking about there. You did not mishear that, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, but those are Michael Bloomberg's words. I'm not, uh, that's not a doctored clip in any way. That's uh, him with the perky Katie Couric. <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah, you know, and it, uh, and and that's I. That's the first time I was ever physically disgusted by anybody talking, and I've heard Rush Limbaugh. Just jibble them. I don't know. I I I um. I first of all, I've never been a big Michael Bloomberg fan. I'm not really, not really. A, but this is the same. You know, again, this is the same guy that believes that we should. Uh, uh, eliminate all trans fats. So you know that he was part of the whole ban on trans fats in New York City. He wants a <laughs> uh, a cutting out of salt from restaurants. He wants them to. Uh, I mean, this is this is just more nonsense spewing forth from Michael Bloomberg. Sorry, but just because you oppose the health care bill, linking the t- it's just it's nuts. It's nuts and it's irresponsible because what happens is then other people on the left take a hold of that and they use that as a talking point. You can damn well bet that a guy like Ed Schultz or Tom Hartman or any of these other guys, they're going to take this and they're going to run with it and they're going to just go on and on about how, well, yeah, uh, he's right. I mean, you have people, you have to watch these people that disagree with the president about the health care bill and you have to watch these people, they, they, you know, these mentally deranged types that are out there with their protests, with their signs. You know, these could be homegrown terrorists. This was not, this was not a homegrown terrorist. This is a guy, a, a Pakistani-born U.S. citizen. When people oppose George Bush, they were smart. When people oppose Obama, they're mentally deranged. Well, they're racist. Okay, uh, that's we got the, that equation. Well, that's, that's the other thing, too, is you're considered racist if you do. Oh, but don't mention Obama's black either. Yeah. Otherwise, you're racist, too. Well, it's... It's just, it's part of the culture, unfortunately. It's, it's this, 
it's like such a binary culture that we live in. It's one or zero. It's Republican or Democrat. It's up or down. And this is such a problem. And it goes on on both sides of the aisle. And it's disgusting. And it's getting to the point where we can't have any kind of debate anymore without people throwing out terms. It's just like the debate on, which shouldn't even be a debate, about 1070 here in Arizona, the uh, SB 1070, the which gives the police the ability to arrest illegal immigrants, which they already really had. And it's the same thing that's on the federal books. And now it's just a state law here in Arizona. And people are are spewing about it without even knowing the facts. The fact is, and again, I, I, I will make this point on every podcast if I have to until people get it. The point is, the police cannot just come to your house just because they see a brown person walking in or out of it. They can't just stop you because you're a brown person and say, excuse me, sir, I noticed that you're brown. Uh, could you please show me your documentation to certify that you're here in the United States legally? They can't do that. And they as, won't. As you put it, Mike, illegal immigrants become illegal. The well, That's the thing is they can't just arrest you because you look Hispanic and they won't. It's not part of the training. Anybody that says that, they, they're completely, they're, they're just going on the talking point. They're saying, ah, it's Nazi Germany. No, it's not. In Nazi Germany, they had everybody registered. They had everybody present their papers and they did uh, throw them out or throw them in ovens or do all that. That's completely different than protecting the laws that, are, that have been on the books in this country for decades. Illegal is illegal. Don't break the law. The police will, if you violate, if you have a moving violation or a civil violation, that's when they may ask you about your citizenship. That's when they're going to do it. You know, it, they're not just going to stop you randomly when walking down the street. And anybody that believes that, it's talking point mentality. There's no substantive proof of that. You show me a police officer that has ever done that. I want their name. Tell me who they are. And I'll tell you what, I will personally go down there and fight with you. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't. If somebody does, and if a police officer does that, then they'll be fired. My God, people just, you need to use your brain. Some of you, I, I have to implore that people use common sense. Ugh. It, it, it's maddening. It takes you to the brink of mental insanity when you see the event horizon of stupidity that we're falling into in this country where we can't even have these discussions anymore because people do nothing but read from their talking points. And I mean, it happens on both sides. But if you want to enforce immigration law in this country, now you're branded a racist. <laughs> is there something I'm missing? God forbid if we even mention brown people, then you're racist. Well, look. If you even mention them. I, I don't care where you came from. If you came to this country illegally, you shouldn't be here. I don't care if you're Mexican, Guatemalan, Chinese, Japanese, Canadian. I, I, you know, I don't care where you're from. If you're here illegally, you're here illegally, get out or risk being tossed out. Well, uh, there is one exception. And I'm not saying, I'm just saying, 
if you have uh, proof that you are fleeing the country for your own safety's sake, then well, yes, they will well, here's, pull thumb together. Well, here's here's the thing about the day, what you're talking about. You're you're talking about you know you're talking about an amnesty. You're talking about a you know, um, we give yeah, know. we give amnesty to Cubans that come to the United States, but even there, we have certain restrictions. If we catch people coming into the United States, if we catch them on their boats coming to the country from um, from Cuba, the United States Coast Guard they turn them around, and they send them right on back. They scoop them up and they bring them back. How come that's not yeah. considered racist? But if they get here and they get into the country, yes, we do grant them political amnesty. There are people that we grant political amnesty, but that's that's a different set of circumstances altogether. I know. I was I was just saying. As yeah. All. But yeah, you, but illegal. I mean, to me, I don't. You know. And now there's another controversy here. I'll, I'll, let's get into this further. Here. So tomorrow night, the Phoenix Suns are playing the San Antonio Spurs. All right. Tomorrow right. happens to be Cinco de Mayo. Now, Indeed. tomorrow night in in uh, the in the game, the Suns will be wearing jerseys that say Los Suns. Technically, it should probably be Los Solas because Solas is sun in Spanish. But anyway, whatever, who cares? It, it'll so they'll say they'll have their Los Suns jerseys on now. They've done this a couple of times in the past to commemorate Cinco de Mayo, and for the you know, and and there's a Robert Sarver president of the Phoenix Suns issued the statement saying, um, I don't have it right in front of me. It's somewhere around here. It's the, my stack of stuff, ladies and gentlemen, but I, there's so much crap in here. But uh, I, the comment is some, yeah, the, the comment is something to the extent of the, the first paragraph that he has is, is basically, you know, to commemorate the 36 different cultures from over the 400 players that are part of our league, um, we just think it's, you know, appropriate to commemorate Cinco de Mayo with this, but, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's okay. You know, that's fine. Oh, well, then, okay. But then he says, because of a law, because uh, our state participated in a flawed law, oh, boy. Uh, we, you know, believe that this is our way of also, you know, showing our solidarity to all groups of people, blah, blah, blah. And the key is that he called 1070, the law passed and signed by the governor of the state of Arizona, Jan Brewer. He called that law flawed. Now, to me, if How I'm... How is it flawed? Well, exactly. It's the same law that's on the federal books. I mean, there's, there's nothing flawed about it. But I think if you're the president or the owner of a team, okay... Shut up. Don't get into politics. Do not do it. Do not make political statements. It's only going to hurt your business because no matter what stance you take, you're going to alienate some people. And you know what? You shouldn't alienate anybody when you're in business. When you've got a business, don't open your mouth. I know it's hard not to get involved sometimes. But if the polls are accurate and 70 plus percent of the state of Arizona, if 70 plus percent of the residents of the state of Arizona support 1070, you could potentially be alienating a big part of the base because I'm pretty sure that those 70 percent, a lot of the people in that 70 percent are probably Suns fans. You don't want to alienate your base. Now, personally, well, well, I'm a little disappointed in Robert Sarver for saying that. It doesn't make me less of a fan of the team. 
having said that, though, it does sort of disappoint me that a guy who, he's a banker, he's a business guy, it disappoints me that that somebody would say that. And that it would, it's, again, it's bringing politics into the world of sports, and I hate that. But we already have that because, you know, now uh, you've got Adrian Gonzalez is switching sports. You've got Adrian Gonzalez of the Padres saying that, you know, the 2011 All-Star game is is supposed to be here in Phoenix. They're going to play at a chase field. Adrian Gonzalez says if he's selected for the All-Star game, he won't play if it's here in Arizona. Oh, good. Fine. That's your choice. You don't have to. He says because of this law, he says he probably <laughs> he probably won't participate. Uh, yeah, making illegal immigrants illegal. Yeah, I mean, God forbid if we do that, right? Well, I mean, again, that law is it's already a federal law. What should, are are you gonna are you going to then not play baseball in this country? Because frankly, uh, last I checked, since he plays for the Padres, San Diego. First of all, the San Diego City Council. Uh, decided to unanimously applaud or approve of Arizona's uh, measure. They support us here in San Diego. Number two, San Diego, last I checked, is still part of the United States. Barely, but it is part of the United States. I mean, it's in California, which is almost like its own country. Uh, Yeah, see, uh, once we add, like, the Virgin Island and uh, Puerto Rico, when we do that, like, 100 years down the road... We're going to take off California and one other state. That way we can keep it an even 50, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if California wasn't really connected anyway. But Yeah, it, California, uh, <laughs> we're going to call it crazy ass land now. Well, it'll just be the People's Republic of California. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it already is, basically. No, oh, but- oh, wait. We'll call it California. California. The California. But all these, all these boycotts that people are talking about. Let's take spring training out of Arizona. Boycotts let's, do not work. Anymore. Let's, uh, yeah, let's. Uh, you know, uh, you've got people, you've got city councils in San Francisco and Los Angeles saying we're going to have an official boycott of doing our businesses in Arizona, and other people saying we're not going to have our conventions in Phoenix. Well, you know what? Best of luck to you on that. We don't really but- care. Let's face it, in like the 1800s, boycotts worked because there was less of us and there wasn't the internet. <laughs> but well, I mean, nowadays, boycotts never work. Boycotts almost never work anyway. They really don't. Boycotts, uh, tell Unless me. Unless they're unanimous. Well, I mean, tell me a situation where a boycott has really worked within the last. 50. I mean, give me like three examples of a boycott that's worked because I, I, I can't even think of one off the top of my head. I'm sure there's there's got to be one uh, someplace that worked somewhere, but uh, uh, I, I can't think of one. Um, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not. You, you know, this crap, it's going to blow over eventually. People will forget. They have short memories. People are very impassioned about it now. You know what? I heard a guy on the radio uh, say this. And it's very simple. Illegal is illegal. If something's against the law, I don't do it. You know, if something is against the law, I don't do it. 
I, I don't, I, that's as simple as it gets. Like, why would you, <clears throat> why would you stand against the law, particularly when it's the law that's been there already forever? We're not talking about a controversial law here, really. We're saying that people need to come to this country in the, through the proper channels. And that if they do come into this country without you going through the proper channels, they're subject to arrest. They're subject to being deported. We're not talking well, about killing should, them. Which you should be the case anyway. Listen, well, if, why do we need state laws to, to have a, you know, a country? If you, law? if you cross into North Korea illegally, you're sentenced to 12 years hard labor. If you go into China illegally, you're thrown in jail, and you know you may never escape. You may never get out. Whoa! What the? You go into Mexico illegally, they're gonna throw you in the slam for a year, and you may not get representation. Who knows when you'll get it? It, it could take you six months to get proper representation, and they're not gonna send you back. You're, you're not gonna get uh, talk to the counselor, uh, the uh, you know the um, your your respective country. You're not gonna talk to the. Uh, which is why I have always maintained if you're going to terrorize somebody, America's the best country to do it. We don't enforce our illegal laws. We give you rights you don't deserve, thus the shutting well, down of Guantanamo Bay. Well, that is that is the problem with, you know, America's We're greatest America's greatest asset is is in part its Achilles heel because because of our freedoms, because we do offer so much, and we have such a wide open society, um, in spite of what some people tell you, it, it does make us susceptible to these kinds of attacks, and it makes us susceptible to these kind of things all the time. So that's, that is an unfortunate side effect of, um, of well, being um, a United we States citizen, a, being part of the United sorry, States. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, we were having a, uh, interestingly enough, we are studying the Middle East right now in geography and um <laughs> yeah well um and we were and a lot of people you know they're confused about why they hate us exactly and um uh, basically the reason is is because not because of our freedoms and all but because of our pop culture and uh if you'll give me a minute to explain here um for example think about your favorite tv show the um, uh, house md a drug-abusing sociopath has a good life. Um, survivor. By cheating, you get a million dollars. Jeez, what's another show? What, what's the show you watch, Mike? Uh, yeah. well, the shows I watch definitely portray negative aspects to the culture, but they're, they're mainly animated shows. Uh, Family Guy, for example. There, there yeah, uh, perfect example. Family Guy... It, we they constantly talk about sex. They promote sex. They promote drugs. They uh, promote like disrespect of religions, not just um, Muslim religion, of course. They uh, they they constantly. Uh, if you think about our pop culture, you you maybe understand why from their angle they hate us so much. I mean, our pop culture we promote sex, drugs, etc. You know. Well, I, I'm just I'm just stating their angle. This is what I learned in um, geography. Well, you, you unfortunately, here's well, show. here's the thing. Oh. Here's the thing, though. I mean, 
Their culture promotes, especially in the Middle East, like the Iranians, yeah. for example, they indoctrinate their children and their society to believing that yeah, the I, Jews I'm, I'm are, are evil. Bad. They're just as bad, you know? Well, our culture... <clears throat> see, we don't necessarily tell people, do drugs. Yeah, um, I know. We, we do it through the premise of fictional programs that have characters ignorant. that... Right, but see, the difference is our show, or what we do, our programming is fictional. It's all and, in good humor, really. And it's it's based... A lot of it is satire. It's higher level... I'm not. I'm not trying to say that all shows are higher level thinking, but what I'm saying is, it's it's fictional. It's it sometimes comes from the point of parody or satire. It's different from the kind of things that go on in the Middle East, particularly it, like Iran, uh, Jordan, and and it, these places and, and Syria, where sorry, right, where they where they teach kids to hate Jews and that they're infidels and they have clerics who who participate in ceremonies of honor raping and honor killing because a woman dared to get raped by somebody so therefore they're immediately bad people so you can make the argument that maybe culturally yeah. speaking some of these shows could have negative connotations to some people or negative influence to some people but they're not necessarily promoting that lifestyle per se I know. Whereas it's an kidding. interwoven fabric into the culture of of Islam, for example. Uh, our, all our stuff, all our shows, like House, Family Guy, South Park, it's also will take ourselves just a little bit less seriously. I mean, uh, all well, day we take ourselves so goddamn seriously. It's also that way we'll take it a little bit less seriously. Right, well, know? those shows too, the thing is, is it's, it's entertainment, whereas over yeah. there... It's not for the purposes of entertainment. They use it for the purpose of education. So there's yeah. those. That's another fundamental difference between the the two cultures. If you're going to just look at it that way, um, I, I sound sort of like um, that Democratic bill. Both sides get an even amount of time. You know, I was, <laughs> yeah, you, I was just you want hitting their ankle. You want to be the but fair, you know, I'm, the fairness. I was guy. just really informing them for the most part. I got gotcha. you. You're yeah. you're fine. Of, of course, I mean. <laughs> Play it again. Ah! <laughs> I, I will never get tired of that. Never. It's just uh, it's just many of the noises that come out of me. <laughs> All right. Let me That's see here. Uh, I should probably break or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Uh, um, coming up, we'll take a look at the pop chart. I also have to get into. Oh. Yeah, I know. I know. Groan, groan. I was having fun. <laughs> it's not all bad. There's last week there were uh, there were like three halfway decent, if not actually worthwhile songs in the pop chart. Will they all be there again this week? What's Jesus. new? Yeah, what? It's what's the, sign of the apocalypse? Yeah, I know. That's that's exactly what I said last week. It it really is. It, it felt like it. Um, I, I got to talk about this. Uh, would you pay $12 for a cup of coffee? I would. I don't know. That coffee better come with a, a really hot chick or they're about, there's, there has to be something connected to it, which makes it worth the price. But I know there are a lot of yuppies. 
there are a lot of yuppies that would pay $12 for a cup of coffee. Well, I know the most expensive tea bag in the world. That's like 5000 bucks. But, of course, it's like diamond studded and gold stringed and all that stuff. The temptation is there for a joke, but... <laughs> Go ahead, make the joke. No. No. Sure. <laughs> Hello, Studio City. All right, we'll be back. Uh, Mike at KMGX.com, the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger, and EFNet IRC, Net Radio, the channel, and of course, MichaelGroff.com for all of your Michael Groff needs. More coming up. Send money, up. please. What? Send money, please. Oh, yeah, send money. Mike at KMGX.com. That's the PayPal address. More coming up. It's Michael Groff in exile on a Wednesday, on a Tuesday. It feels like it. We're, we should be in Wednesday by now. How long is this show? All right, we'll we'll be back. with segment number three. This is such a cool song. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't want to hear it. Don't even... It sounds like that uh, Walking on Air song. It sounds like what? Uh, you know, that song, uh, Believe It or Not, I'm Walking on Air. Oh, I yeah. No, the name. Uh, no, it's, it's yeah, it's it's not that, but... I know, I said it It's Christopher Cross, man. Ah. You know, I am old because as a kid, I vaguely remember when this song came out. Granted, I was like three years old when this song came out. This is 1980, okay? Obviously, the song you're thinking about is... Uh, is uh, Joy Scarberry with uh, Believe It or Not. Now this, now this, now this is a song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've got this in the library. So what? <laughs> Look at what's happened to me now. I can't believe it myself. Suddenly I'm up on top of the world. It should have been somebody else. You know what show this is from, right? Yeah, family. Uh, oh, no. It's, um, oh, God. It was the theme show, Shung, wasn't it? But, yep. Uh, <laughs> I want to say something like Top Gun, but I know that's not. No, no, no. Believe it or not. Just me. I only know because it was on Family Guy. No, this is from The Greatest American Hero. Ah, it was on tip of my tongue, too. <laughs> what 
I swear to God, it the was. The fact, see, that's the thing is, you know, people go, you you know, not only do you have these songs, you actually know all these songs. It's like, yes, I do. I, I have just an impeccable, there's some things I have an impeccable memory for. Numbers, songs, artists, titles, you know, anything music related. I, I'm sort of the same. I, you know, like those people who have super memory? Yeah. Yeah, you know, like the four people in the world. I'm sort of like that, only mine's a bit more selective. I remember it, but I don't want to. Yeah, I have I have an incredible memory for a lot of things and a lot of details. I remember, you know, a, a lot of things. I remember, I have memories from back to when I was like one and a half years old. Um, yeah. I, I oh, and, <laughs> and I remember, I mean, I remember all sorts of things from my childhood. I remember numbers. I remember details. I still know my third grade teacher, Mr. Adamson, uh, first of all, I know oh. I remember his full name, Don Leon Adamson. I remember that, and I remember his his Xerox his code for the Xerox machine at school. Because I, I made a copy for him one time, he asked me to do it, and it was seventy three ten. I still remember that. I like there's just all these little details I remember. Yet I'll set my keys down someplace, and I'll be like, "Where the hell did I put my keys?" I don't know. Uh-huh. So oh, like, spatial things like that, I I don't really remember, but. Anything like numbers or events or things of that nature. Trivial things that nobody really gives a crap about. Those are the things I remember. It, yeah, like something you'd uh, see on Stump the Schwab. I suppose so. <laughs> well, uh, that, that's just the first thing that comes to mind. Whenever I think of useless knowledge that you remember, I think of Stump the Schwab. You know, the sports trivia show? I... I don't, I've heard it, I just don't, I don't really know it. Uh, it. It was a couple of years ago, so I mean, it's, I haven't seen it in a while. So, before the break, we, it, you just mentioned a, a 5000 yeah. or whatever it was, yeah, $5,000 cup of tea. So, we had to look this up yeah. during the break, so because I just, yeah. curiosity, curiosity yeah, curiosity <laughs> killed us both, so we had to, we had to go look this up. So, what what would you find on this? Now, as I was wrong. It's three times that. It, uh, let's see, seven thousand five hundred pounds, which, which is, is almost 15, fifteen grand. Yeah, uh, fifteen thousand two hundred and fifty dollars American. Uh, now I said it was gold. Uh, you know, gold stringed. Uh, it's actually either white silver or platinum. I cannot tell, and it's lined with get this, two hundred and eighty <laughs> diamonds. <laughs> Handcrafted <laughs> 280 diamonds. For a cup of tea. <laughs> All right, but, but, but no, it's a bargain because you see, it's made with, um, uh, God, I cannot pronounce this, Tai Taiwanian, which is priced at uh, 1,700 pounds per kilo. Uh, sorry, 1,700 per kilo. That's around $1,500 uh, pound American. Yeah. Uh, luckily for anybody who buys this tea, uh, it's a bargain. The leaf can be brewed up to seven times before it loses its flavor. So if you buy this for fifteen grand, the, the single tea bag, mind you, you don't get like five. Or yeah, five. you don't. Yeah, you don't get a whole box. Like if you go buy Lipton or something, you know, you get a whole box of tea bags for like two bucks or something. No, you, you, you yeah. Th- this is one this is tea bag. One tea bag, fifteen so grand. So that's. Two thousand dollars for like figure a six ounce cup of tea. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> Man, 
Well, I guess now you were saying they the the reason it was that much, and they they did this because they they raised yeah, yeah. money for yeah. charity. Yeah. So it's uh, for children's charity in uh, Manchester, England, which is why we are also mentioning pounds. Right. Uh, let's see. The name Dar. Uh, hang on a second. This is, uh, it's so expensive because the best plants are grown on a steep and dangerous slope around. Uh, Indian, Nepal, and Bhutan border that range from 5,000 to 8,000 feet above sea level. So there's a danger in getting the tea also. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's very hard to acquire the leaves for this tea. I mean, you have to understand, pot, if you go to buy a pound of marijuana, all right, it's about 500 bucks a pound. Not that I would know this from experience. I'm just saying that if you buy a pound of marijuana, it's at a street value of about 500 bucks. All right. Um, you know, cocaine, if you had a pound of cocaine, it only has a street value of what? I think it's like, I don't know, a couple of thousand bucks or know, something like that. I, I think I'll stick with um, Arizona green honey tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's unbelievable. But that's the only thing more outrageous than $15,000 for tea would have to be paying 12 bucks for a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, we, yeah, we got a nice transition here. Yeah. Um, a gourmet coffee chain is betting you'll pay up to 12 bucks for a fine brew. Oh, boy. Cafe Grumpy. This, of course, by the way, is in New York. Uh, <laughs> it's in Brooklyn. They have Well, they have locations in Bo Brooklyn, Greenpoint, and Park Slope. They also have right. a Manhattan location in Chelsea. Um it's part of a small but growing movement of coffee shops roasting their own beans. Here you go. The company defends uh, the very steep prices, saying that they're higher-end coffees and take much longer to develop and process. The cafes offer a changing selection of coffees. One current uh, offering is called Nakis or Nakise. It's described as, quote, a very clean, sweet, complex cup with tropical fruit, uh, tropical fruit notes of pineapple, kiwi, and key lime. Cafe Grumpy also offers specialty teas. I wonder if they offer a $15,000 tea. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? You know, I I've always said this about coffee shops and coffee houses. They're very pretentious. Yeah. Well, uh, what did you say the bean was again? Uh, let's see. Does it mention it? They say all? that one of the current offerings is called Nikis. N-E-K-I-S-S-E. -S -S -E. Hold on, let me... Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if... I don't know if that's actually a bean or if it's just a special brew that they offer, but that's... Um, How do you spell it again? N-E-K-I-S-S-E. I-S-S-E. Yeah. Well, I know about Kopi Luwak because it was in the bucket list, and that's, um, I think it's like 33 bucks uh, a cup of coffee. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a big coffee snob, but, you know, I drink Maxwell House or, or Folgers or something, okay? I'm not really, I don't really care. I, I don't really care for Starbucks myself. I'm not really big into coffee. I don't know much about coffee. Um, well, I only know about Kopi Luwak because, like I said, it was in the bucket list. Yeah, I, I have. I, I'll drink a cup of coffee every morning or every other morning. You know, I'm not. 
But I uh, I don't hang around coffee houses or claim to know anything about it. I find coffee houses and coffee shops to be pretentious. The people that are in them to be pretentious. Um, yeah, they're they're all like wearing scarves and sweaters, even though it's like ninety degrees out. Yeah, they'll all be on their laptops and they'll all be like, "I'm writing a script or an essay for my or a poem professor. or a song." Yeah, you know. When I was in college, man, there there was a couple of coffee shops by the um, by the college, and uh, uh, people would gather. You know, sometimes uh, we'd get some people over there and we'd work on some projects. And the kind of people that were there, one time there's this guy who walked up to me, dude, well, you want to check out my poem, man? Because uh, I just wrote and, this. And they're all clapped with, you know, finger snapping, right? And, and it's, no, it's it's just like, it's the weirdest culture that's in some of these, co- and I'm not talking about like Starbucks. That's That's very mainstream, pretty normal. I mean, you got your yuppie crowd too, but. I'm talking about like uh, your your smaller sort of local coffee houses. It's it's just these very pretentious people, and then they just get it. They stand up. I'm not thinking this up. I was in there once. This guy stands up, and goes, "Attention, everyone! I have a, <laughs> I, have a I have a poem that I have prepared." I was like, I, I got embarrassed. I got douche chills. I was really kind of <laughs> tripped out by this. I was. Um, I was not prepared for it. Let's just put it that way. And I, I, and then this guy starts reading this poem, and it's just like it's this the most pretentious thing. And, and listen, I I appreciate good poetry. I I've written it before. Uh, I, I uh, I'm my not. My favorite I, is I, the Raven. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not anti art necessarily. Yeah. Um, artsy people do sometimes bother me and, and freak me out, but this guy, this was just so bad, and it just went on and on, and it was like, oh my god, please let let just let a tornado come by or something. Just get <laughs> get me the the f out of here. So, uh, the culture of coffee houses, I I could definitely see somebody paying twelve dollars for a cup of coffee just because it's there. Yes, uh, I'd like a twelve dollar <laughs> cup of coffee. What? Listen, I don't mind stuff. I mean, everybody indulges in something. Everybody overpays for something. And my thing is Starbucks. I I particularly enjoy Starbucks. I don't mind being in a Starbucks coffee house. I'll say that right now. Look, I don't get the culture of coffee shops. Like, for example, if you order a large, it's not really a large. It's like they have venti and... And yeah, and I'll admit that jumbo I mean, and and they have like well, why these. Why can't I just say large? You know. Yeah, they have these different, like the venti. I think is is the medium, and they don't have small. I, I just look at the price tag, and the biggest one is the large. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I mean, all it is for me. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, okay, I'll have your finest six dollar cup of coffee. I mean, as yeah. it is, people pay six bucks for a cup of coffee, so why not twelve? Yeah. And I don't. I, I just don't get it. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not part of the yuppie crowd. I, I don't. Um, well, I mean, I don't wear Doc Martens. And, they indulge in, right? Maybe. I, I don't know. Do I? I? I'm trying to think if there's something that I that I paid like the, the ridiculous price for. Uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't buy. I don't buy the cheapest beer. But I don't buy the most expensive either. I don't go out there and, and buy the the just because it's the highest price. I don't go out and get yes. I'd like a I'd like a bottle of your uh, like a John. Okay, my friend John brought by a beer a few weeks ago. It's uh, a Scottish beer, and I, I just forgot the name of it. Uh, it starts with an F, I think. It's it's this Scottish beer, 
and it's brewed from they, they, like part of the brewing. There's flowers in it, okay, wow. and it's four and a half dollars a bottle for this beer. And I'm not talking about at a bar. I'm talking about from uh, you can only get it from this place called AJ's here in Phoenix. And AJ's is a is a more ritzy grocery store, and they sell it. But the six pack is like twenty four. Is, is it's twenty? It's almost it's thirty bucks basically for a six Jeez, pack. I hope it tastes better than Bud Light. Well, it does. It's good beer, okay, and it comes in. It, it's a it's larger than twelve ounces, which is what your standard beer bottle is. I think it's uh, twenty ounces or sixteen. It's it's more than the. I can't remember how much it is. Regardless. I wouldn't pay 30 bucks for a six pack of beer. I'll pay a little bit more, but I'm not going to pay 30 bucks. Like if I go and buy Sapporo, which is a Japanese beer, um, many of you might be familiar with. It's sort of the equivalent of, it's Japan's sort of equivalent of Bud Light, but it's way better than Bud Light. It's, it's good beer. I'll admit, when I become an adult, I don't plan on drinking all that much. I don't <sighs> that's, that. well, yeah. that's what they all say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, there is one drink I will get though, and I'm gonna say that right now—a mojito. Oh my! I've God. been wondering. I've been wondering about it ever since Brian Griffin said it. I'll admit. So you, uh, you I know realize, it's like a really fruity drink. First of all, it? a mojito. <laughs> the first time I was ever exposed to a mojito, um, I was out with my girlfriend at the time. This was God six, seven years ago. She goes, I want to get a mojito. And I go, what the hell is that? And so she explains what a mojito is. I'm like, all right, we'll order one. And then I look on the menu. The damn thing's almost $10. It's $9 for a mojito. And I go, Jesus. I hope, I hope all, one is all you need. Luckily, she was, you know, when it came to alcohol, man, she, you know, that was all she needed. But I was like, wow, can you imagine somebody, $9, like two of my 25-ounce beers were nine bucks Ugh. and they were imports wow <laughs> yeah. like a mojito i was like wow i just care about the price wow listen and just for the record i'm not necessarily a cheap date i went on a date with somebody last uh, last year and uh she yes uh ladies he's single help him out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah help me out for god's sake help somebody anyway yeah so I went out and and she she ordered uh, a Chardonnay, uh, and I looked I looked at the price. This this is for a glass. It was like okay. seventeen or sixteen dollars for. A, you know, I took her out. I, I take the ladies out to to decent places. Luckily, you know, most of the time when I go on dates, they just, they don't want to necessarily go to the, the top place. They one time I went to a dive bar with a chick. She said she wanted me to take her to a good dive bar. What's a dive bar? A dive bar is, it's just, it, it is what it is. It's a dive bar. It's, it's, it's a dumpy bar. It's a, not dumpy in the sense that it's very simple. The crowd of people that usually hangs out there are very, you know, regular it's like one TV set and a giant bar, right? Basically it's, it's a blue collar kind of a place, you know, it's, it's got all the elements. It's not necessarily ghetto, but it is, it, it could have the elements of a, of, of, of a lower class kind of bar. And it's, they have their appeals. Like there's one right by my house. Uh, when you said dive bar, I thought of like a pool bar, you know, no. like with the, <laughs> no, no, no yeah. it's not. Yeah. There's no swim up bar or anything. 
No, it's 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 this place, and they have like they have like a couple of TVs in it. But it's a great place to go and just get a drink, you know. It, it, they don't have any food at all. It's yeah. just beer, and they don't have a wide selection of beer either. You know, you've got your Bud, your Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors, Rolling um, Rock, and, and, and yeah, a couple of I don't know. They don't have Rolling Rock. Uh, no, nothing like that. They don't even have Blue Moon there. It's it's just a yeah. It's, yeah, it's uh, yeah. They have they have just basic beer, and that's it. And you know, I saw a guy almost getting a fight there, and I've seen um, you know. But I go there from Basically time to time. Basically, a bar you'd see like in a cartoon almost. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's got, but some of the people in there are nice. It's not necessarily just all these gruff people that go in there. Oh, drunken clam. Yeah, it's sort of like that. It's just you know the people in there are relatively friendly, but you know they're they're dive bar kind of people. Um, so I took this, I took this girl there. Uh, she, she said that, you know, she was into that. Um, I don't know how into it she really is. Cause I haven't heard from her since, but Hey, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, it's awkward. She's still on my Facebook, but, uh, I don't think she, I don't think she listens to my podcasts anymore. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, I don't know why she doesn't ever talk to me. I don't know why, you know, that whole thing didn't work out, but. Oh, I, I haven't been on like Facebook in forever and the reason I, the only reason I've been on to MySpace recently is because um they have a game there it's like called Vampire Wars I really like that game I go on like every other day I don't you know what I don't play any of the games that are on the MySpace or Facebook yeah, or I, any of those I, you like know. I said I only visit it every other day and basically I just click a bunch of buttons and then I get off Yeah, I, I basically I don't think I, I haven't even Played very many online games lately at all. I I, I don't know. I yeah. it's uh, I don't know what's with me lately, but uh, yeah. uh, I've just um, I've been not the Michael Graff we know and love. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess not. I don't know. I uh, it's a mystery. Oh well. Well, you don't even go onto my space or Facebook at all, really. So I mean, well, I mean, it's I, understandable. No, I do. I, I go on, but you know what? I don't really. I go on occasionally. I'm not on there all the time. I don't make my life on there. Quite frankly, I just go on there to see if somebody sent me a message or, and even then, I mean, lately it hasn't been working very well. I don't know. There's, it's, it's all buggy. Yeah. Uh, until I went on to like Facebook and became a fan of yours, I didn't know you were bald. <laughs> I honestly did not know that. Yeah. I have a, I have a shaved head. That is correct. Uh, shave, well, uh, shave, ball difference. <laughs> same thing. Well, uh, it was sort of a shock to me in a way. Why you you thought I had a you thought I was uh, you thought I had a full head of hair? I don't know. Well, it was not that. Uh, uh, not to get like completely off topic, but your icon on iTunes, you had a hat on, so I mean, I couldn't really see your hair at all. So I mean, I don't know. I I just went on assumptions. <laughs> um. Do I have any pictures up where I don't have my hat? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but well, obviously, otherwise. Yeah, I was gonna know. say, but well, I mean, sometimes you can tell too, just based on how the hat sits or whatever. But uh, yeah. So I I um. I really don't go on the social networking sites very much. I. I don't know. It's just it's it's very strange. I I do check my email regularly. I'm always you know watching for messages. I do look it on my Facebook, so if you send me a message, I will see it, especially because I get an email notification saying that I have a message or that somebody wrote on my wall or 
<laughs> you know, yeah. somebody thought about writing on my wall or somebody thought about thinking about thinking about writing on my wall, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, as as yeah, it is, it, I get enough spam and now I've got Facebook spamming me too. Yeah. Like it's like on Twitter. Uh, I th- I'm thinking about going onto my Facebook and writing on my wall. That <laughs> <on> <laughs> it really is. It really is like that. It's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, I I called it when the guy twittered as he was getting off a burning plane. That's when I went, okay, I'm going to find that guy and shoot him. Hopefully, and we really we did that story. That was that was a yeah. that was a true story. A guy that plane that crashed in Denver. Um, the plane's on fire, and the guy is tweeting on his on his cell phone. He's sending a a tweet to, to his account. While he's getting off the plane, while it's burning, and that's how I knew the phenomenon had gotten a little out of hand. Unbelievable. I quote you, Mike. Do people really need to know if I'm taking a dump? Apparently, based on what I've seen, and 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 I don't have a Twitter account. I've, if I'm to be perfectly honest, I've never actually been on Twitter. I've only seen. Uh, on our IRC channel, we have a way of looking at people's Twitter accounts. It'll just display the text. That's the only way I've seen it. Um, yeah. I've read excerpts in news stories about what people have written on their Twitter accounts. I've never actually gone on Twitter. But based on what I've heard, uh, yes, people do care about other people taking dumps or what they're thinking about at any given time, and they want to know what's going on. There are people that follow people on Twitter all the time, and they say, Mike, get on Twitter. You, you know, And then I think... Yeah, but then if I start sharing um, my thoughts, it'll get weird. Because even on even on Facebook, funny, funny story. Um, actually, is it okay if I this? I don't care. Uh, I I actually uh, let's see. I had a friend. He I wouldn't say we were close, but I occasionally um you know went onto his boat, did a little bit of fishing. I when I found out he had a Twitter, I punched him. No kidding. The sec. Uh, he, he pulled out his cell phone, you know, he, he did it often. I'm like, why do you pull out your cell phone so much? He's like, I'm Twittering. I punched him so hard that I, I think I felt like one of my knuckles cracker. Or I think it was his nose maybe even. And I'm like, if you ever say that word again or if you ever Twitter in front of me again, we are no longer friends. But I think I pretty much sealed it once I punched him. I know. Because it was ridiculous. I... I, I grabbed his cell phone, I looked at his Twitter, and it's like, I I felt a tug on my line. No fish. Frowny face. I, I just... Out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? I, don't, I, I think there was one of them that said, I am currently starting the boat, hoping to catch fish. It, it was like a diary almost, and, and I that's, physically wanted to punch him that's, again. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. I'm sorry. I, I can't condone that behavior. But at the same time, I think I think you've you've done a a heroic duty. You're a patriot, sir. <laughs> uh oh, but people I, don't. <laughs> I I, uh, I I just got punched. I just went through a, a plate glass window. You know. I, I think that was a bad move, though, because he was, like, one of the last friends I had. But still, I, I don't, I'd i rather have no friends I'm, than somebody who has a Twitter, honestly. 
See, people tell me I should do it because it promotes the show and be a good avenue for the show. And I, I, I do agree. And, and I actually, you know, I, I do think so. But then it'll be weird because as it is with Facebook, what the thing is, I don't share all my thoughts anymore on Facebook because I, there's a lot of people I don't even know now that are on my friends list. And, and I don't know, I, I like... I do have thoughts that I want to share, but then I just save them for the podcast. And then I, I get self-conscious yeah. about telling people, yeah, um, uh, yeah, it's it's day uh, 292 of my depression. Um, you know, I, I, I think I probably like I took a nap, um, you know, allergies are acting up like I just I don't know. I, I don't know if people really care. And then people say they do, and I, and I just, I find that incredibly hard to believe. Uh. I really do. Now, for the more painful part of the program, we we try uh, to do uh, this uh, every week. Um, hold on, let me uh, let me get my ear bandage wherever they may be. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Uh, oh no! Oh god! Well, at least I get to listen to a nice ditty before it happens. Yes. It is that time of the week, ladies and gentlemen, where we take a look at the top ten songs in the world of pop. The top 40 radio stations across this country of ours keep a log of every song they play, and we, we uh, play the... The 10 most played songs on those stations. We review those every single week. Why? I don't know. Uh, just to, uh, just to let you know what the kids are listening to, I guess. Did, did you see The Simpsons on Sunday? I, I did not. I I, uh, I watch all that you, you on, will not believe on Hulu. You will not I, get, believe I catch up on that. They had a Kesha song as an intro. They did not use their intro. They used a Kesha song. I... It, it was the one where she like brushes Jack in. It, it's the one where she goes, "Everybody getting crunk." Ah, uh, yes. Well, yeah. Um, I they. I, I guess I'll see that, it on Hulu. I'm sure I'll have a comment on it, but. Ah, uh, well, when I heard that, I physically died a little bit inside. I could always count on the Simpsons, but oh god, after that. All right, number ten this week. Well, she has a new song in the top 10. I, I don't know. She just keeps putting out songs and people keep buying them. It's Lady Gaga. And oh, boy. I know. It's, uh, it's, oops, it's Alejandro at number 10. Lady Gaga. Yes, Lady Gaga with a song that sounds like a lot of her other songs. You know, while I hate it right now, I'm sure it will get stuck in my head at some point. That is how Lady Gaga songs work. It's just below tolerable for me, or just above, rather. 
Well, I, it, I, I don't consider it bad as poker face because I mean, it's too many penis jokes there. Yeah, the sad thing is, is I actually, I actually liked poker face. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I mean, it's, I'm sorry, it's but it, it, it is true that I did. Number nine, hey, she's back, and number nine is oh, Lady Gaga, featuring Beyonce. Oh, with no. uh, oh, with it's everybody's favorite, yeah, it's still it's still on there. This is telephone. I know. I I hate myself for knowing this song too. I'm sort of glad I'm partially deaf. That way I don't have to listen to this crap most <laughs> of the time. You, you know, I just realized my partially deafness is a blessing. Thank you, uh, God. Well, I, I guess I guess you can you can take some some uh, solace in that. Meanwhile, at number eight, it's Lady Antebellum. Need you now? See, again, a song I like. This is very tolerable. To it's me. A First time ever, three ladies are 10, 9, and 8. Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga featuring Beyonce, and Lady Antebellum. Barely ladies. So there you go. That's just a little, one of those uh, trivia. I'm Casey Kasem. See, I like it. Uh, well, for me, it's like one of those songs that are good, but who cares? <laughs> what? In my opinion. <laughs> It, you know, like it, it's like one of those songs that has a beat that's okay and the thing is okay. It's like, sure, I'd listen to it if it was on the radio, but I really wouldn't put it on my iPod, you know? It, it's, it's not as good as it could be. It has potential. All right. It's like a Canadian. <laughs> well, uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. Number, uh, <laughs> number seven, it's Kesha with Your Love Is My Drug. she started you know actually like talking see <laughs> so, yeah, oh, I actually God. I uh, yeah I, I I as soon as she started screaming your love your love your love is my drug 
I, 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 well, the first song I really hate on the pop chart, and it's only number six. Wow, that's got to be a record. <laughs> All right, well, so. yeah, it's actually number seven. Number six, on the other hand, is another oh. is another song I like personally. This is the script with Break Even. I'm still alive, but I'm barely breathing. Just praying to a God that I don't believe in. Cause I got time while she got freedom. Cause when a heart breaks, no, it don't break even. I believe they're from Ireland. She finally met a man that's gonna put her first. While I'm wide awake, she's no trouble sleeping. Cause when her heart breaks, no, it don't break even. Good tune. I like it. Uh, well, uh, it's okay in my opinion, but I, I I keep on expecting Kanye West to come in and start auto tuning. <laughs> you expect that with every song on the chart, though. Uh, no, it, it seriously sounds like he he's about to you know uh, get reach you know like go and you know he's about to start auto tuning right away. All right. Meanwhile, at uh, <clears throat> at number five, unfortunately, the the goodness ends here. This oh, is man. Jason Derulo, who says his name. Just saw. Jason Derulo. There you go. With in my head. Everybody's looking for love. Oh. The guy that says his name in every one of his songs, that's that's creative. At least it's not really hip hop though. It's just it's just At uh, number four, it's uh, Tail Cruz featuring. I think I'd rather be in a Nazi concentration camp right now. Jesus. All right, <laughs> number four. Tail Cruz featuring Luda. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, it's a heartbreaker. Yeah. So, hey, it's what the kids like. What can I say? Uh, no, uh, I these are people in your these are people in your uh, demographic that. Uh, I really, I, people in my generation. Let's face it, we all pretty much suck. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it. We all 
sucks. This is the music we're into. <laughs> and we're in support. I, I asked around my classmates, we're in support of the health care bill. Apparently. There you go. Number three, I like uh, I like this artist. It's Pat Monahan and his band Train. Here's Hey Soul Sister. train a lot actually you know i realized I, Pat- I was skeptical but then i thought of nickelback and all of a sudden it seemed a whole lot better <laughs> <laughs> for some reason you gave my life direction a game show love connection we can't deny I, I, I'm so unfortunately it only goes downhill when you look at number two is Bob. Yeah, B-O-B is at number two with nothing on you. For girls all over the world, I could be chasing, but my time would be wasted. They got nothing on you, baby. Warming up to this song. If you like, cut out that second part. Yeah. You know, like where he starts talking like a rapper. You, 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 but yeah. I could see myself warming up. I could. Well, I don't think anybody can warm up to the number one song in the country. It's yeah, nah, It's um. It's very disappointing, but this this right here, ladies and gentlemen. The number one song of the country. Very very anticlimactic. It's uh, it's Rihanna, Rude Boy. Uh, I don't get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know it's it's horrible, isn't it? Tonight I'm gonna let you be the captain. Tonight I'm gonna let you do your thing, yeah. You know, there's a couple of Rihanna so I I I'll She's not talking about rape, is she? I don't even know what she's Tonight, talking about. Tonight I'm gonna let you take me captive. Does she have a fetish she wants to tell us about? I have no idea. I, I don't I don't Yeah, if both one of your listeners I'd have a better chance of deciphering the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah, I 
There's a couple of Rihanna songs that get in my head, and like there's there's I I hate to even admit this, but there's a couple of Rihanna songs that I listened to and that I I liked. You I don't know, know if I, I don't know if I want to. I won't say necessarily liked, but I was I was okay with. I was I was I was able to tolerate. See, I'm not such a curmudgeon where I can't listen to any pop songs at all, and I hate yeah. them all. But I, I am tolerant of, and I really don't like admitting this, but I am tolerant of fireflies. Owl City. Well, I'm sorry. I know you lose me there, but see, I can I can put up with this. This yeah, this was this was number one at one point. Uh, well, to describe the current number one song, you know, like you w- you have a really good dream and you wake up and it's Monday. Yeah, just sort of imagine that uh, to infinity. No, it's a big letdown, in other words. Yeah, it's a major letdown. Yeah. See, it's that song, and then this song here got stuck in my head. Also, you know, this I uh, here. I had this song in my head last year for about a month. It sounds like an anime song. It's, uh... It it sounds like a Japanese song almost. You have no idea what they're saying, but it's catchy as hell. That's kind of Rihanna, actually. Like, about the only thing I can understand in this song, there's only, like, two or three lines I can understand in the part where she goes, Disturbia. I have no idea what it's really even about. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I'm a big guy, usually into lyrics, but in this case, I just there's. Yeah, for about a month last year, I had this song in my head. That's uh, there's almost nothing worse. Like you go to sleep and you're hearing this. Uh, I think the only thing worse than that is like all day you can't remember something, but then you go to sleep and you remember it. <laughs> I have those moments of those those moments of clairvoyance where I'll I'll go to sleep and I I wake up. You know, like I'll, I'll I'll say to somebody, I'll go, oh, I'm trying to remember this or that. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like, I'm sure I'll remember it later when it doesn't matter. I'll wake up at two o'clock and I go, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, it'll be like lunchtime and you're like, who was the bad guy from the last crusade? Yeah. He's just going to bug me all day. And then you're like, wake up at midnight to get a glass of water and you're like, that's the name of the guy. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before. I've actually woken up and I've gone... And I've just, you know, whatever, something, some trivial answer. And I, I just, I remember it. And it, I actually say it out loud. I'll go, wow. How, <laughs> yeah. That's Why unfortunately, that's, I mean, that's how it works sometimes. It's very unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I think, I think I covered literally everything in the world. I don't think, I don't think there's anything yeah. that we left untouched in uh, today's. We covered coffee and iced tea. We covered the pop chart. Of we course. Covered, 
Muhammad in a bear suit. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, we, Muhammad in a bear suit. That's yeah. Uh, but it turned out to be Santa Claus. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't think we managed to get to the uh, Gulf Coast oil spill, though. I well, think we covered that briefly at the beginning. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a disaster in and of itself. And there, they, see, this is yeah. another this is another area. How how is it that George W. Bush takes such criticism for the lack of response time to Katrina, and yet Barack Obama is given a free pass for the government's lack of response to this oil spill, which is a an environmental disaster? We're talking about three to five thousand barrels of oil a day spilling into the Gulf. This is basically the nine eleven of nature. That's actually how one of my teachers put it, and I'm not arguing with that because this is going to affect. Like, we're probably going to be hearing about this for a long, long time. Well, like the, the Exxon more mutations were revealed. At, you know, uh, two thousand seventy eight. More mutations were revealed from that two thousand and ten oil spill. Yada yada yada. Well, that's not totally unfounded, that idea, because you're talking about, again, thousands and thousands and thousands of, of barrels, which is tens of thousands of gallons of oil spilled into the Gulf. Uh, to clean this up is going to take forever. And now, the government response, the government, the feds say that it could be 90 days before they even do anything about it. It's taken seven or eight days for there to be any kind of response at all from the government. And yet, Obama's basically given a free pass on this in the media. Excuse well, me, but you can't, you can't hold one president to one standard and then another to a, to a much lower standard. I'm sorry, you just can't. Uh, one of the things that I uh, disagreed on you with at the uh, beginning of the show, you mentioned how lighting it on fire the bad idea it, it's actually a good idea to an extent because sea creatures can survive well they can't survive fires but they can you know perish in fire then be fine if they continue to you know have uh, sex uh, while they have the mutations of oil in them it, this could affect you know shrimp the, the, the sea life it, it could poison generations to come so setting it on fire, that's probably the best they can do right now because they, they rarely prepare for this. Even though they should have lots of it done in advance, they don't really prepare for this. Well, know? they're not going to do that. And the reason that you're not going to do it is because when you burn uh, that, you're burning petrol like that. Yeah, I know. The it, byproduct it, that you're going to have, uh, you're still going to have. Not too much, obviously, but enough to help it out. You know, well, they tried. They had the the idea initially was to do some controlled burning. Yeah. Um. They've since scrapped that idea. I'm I, I'm I'm no expert in cleaning up oil spills. I know yeah. they're going around putting chemicals in and and skimming some of the oil off and and trying to recover some of it. And I know they're the plan is to try and seal off this leak as best as possible. And they're saying it could, they're, they're it could be... They're trying to do as much as they can from reaching the coast. That's their main goal. Right. Keep it from reaching the coast. And it could be 90 days. Listen, it's going to reach the coast. It's going to affect a lot of life out there. There's going to be a lot of dead stuff. A lot. Um, there's going to be a lot of sick ocean life out there. 
certainly the ramifications in terms of offshore drilling. It's, it, this is going to affect this. And, and the Obama administration is still standing by the policy they, uh, they came across with um, last month of uh, initiating offshore drilling off the East Coast. Uh, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, on the other hand, in California says there's no way that they're going to continue with their offshore projects now. Um, let's be honest. Uh, this kind of thing doesn't happen often. It is a disaster when it does. But Which is why coining it the 9-11 of nature is an appropriate term, really. It, it is, in a sense. This wasn't... Well, I mean, it, you know what I mean. It, you know well, obviously, yeah, well, it wasn't a terror attack, but it was an explosion on an oil platform. Uh, yeah. Let's face it. Working on an oil platform is one of the most dangerous jobs in the United States, okay? It's... Yeah. it's Actually, I think that's um, logging. The chances are like 100 and 243, uh, two, but I digress. Right. It's still a dangerous job in yeah. so much as you're sitting on top of a of a of uh, an explosive material. You're, you're basically uh, flam- sitting on a giant bomb. You are. You're sitting on a... Gi- yeah, you're sitting on gas, basically. And you're sitting on gas up. and you have and you have machinery all around you which is generating at any given point something to spark that gas and once it goes everything around you is going to blow up you're sitting you're sitting on metal you're surrounded by water you have no place to run and there's You'll be no sucked. need for an air to fuel mixture with fuel, right. uh, which uh, oil. Sorry. Right. I mean, you, you'll you'll be sucked down in the sinking of the platform, or you'll be burned to death. So you either get to choose drowning or or being burned to death. And so eleven people died in this thing. It is yeah. a very very dangerous job. Pick your poison, right? <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it's it's right up there with uh, people that go and clean out, uh, you know... Uh, uh, window washers. Nuclear reactor. Yeah, window washers at the Empire State Building. Yeah, I, mean, I can tell I, you... I could never do that job. Yeah. Peop- I, I would rather be homeless, those, those guys are not paid very well at all. These guys on an oil platform are paid halfway decent. But there's uh, no doubt there's an investigation into the safety protocols used by BP because there's certainly some reason to believe that not all safety procedures were followed through. Yeah. Just it, as... They were going to receive awards for safety, right? Just as there, w- there will be an investigation into the mining accident. Yeah. And uh, we're, that's, there's a lot of people coming forward saying that things weren't right there. And uh, I, oh, by the way, I feel remiss if I didn't mention this. So over the weekend, actually uh, yesterday, at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia, the Phillies are playing the St. Louis Cardinals. In the eighth inning, a fan runs onto the field. Oh, yeah, we, we didn't cover this. Yeah, in the top of the eighth inning, a fan runs onto the field. A 17-year-old kid, his name is being withheld because, well, he is a minor. And... Uh, Security initially tries to go after him. A pol- then police come out and they fire a taser at him. He drops to the ground. Uh, then about 30 seconds later, he gets up and walks off. And, uh, you know, he's arrested and he's being charged with, among other things, disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. And, uh, you know, we see this from time to time where fans run onto the field 
you see this sometimes in the World Series guys do it. Um, yeah. Streakers. Yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah, sometimes people are streakers. Sometimes people just run onto the field just for the hell of it. I, I don't understand the phenomenon. I don't know. Most of the time, people get drunk, and then they do it on the dare. Um, you see this. Yeah. Quite frankly, I don't. I don't get the appeal of it. I don't understand why people would do it, but people do it. Okay. Well, the controversy from this is the police used a taser on this guy. Now, don't tase me, bro. Look, I am. I am as definitely staunch on enforcement. I believe that. Uh, the police should enforce laws. I believe that y- crimes, uh, there, there's punishments. There's, uh, there's, uh, the police are certainly well within their right to use reasonable force. But let me ask you a question. Is it reasonable force to use a taser on a 17-year-old kid that runs onto a field in a baseball game? He's clearly unarmed. He's clearly just an idiot. <laughs> do you need I know the police will say well it ends the situation quickly it, it, it takes care of the problem it's non-lethal and and I would I have to argue the non-lethal point to an extent while tasers are considered non-lethal weapons uh, then why is it that we have uh, 350 cases of uh, tasers just in the last few years 350 cases of people dying from tasers well there could have been a lot of variables. Well, sometimes there are people that have heart conditions, yes. Sometimes there are people that are on medications or people that are elderly Water. or whatever. Water. But that being said, don't call it non-lethal. Yeah. Is that's not totally accurate. Pepper spray is non-lethal. Pepper spray, for the most part, is non-lethal. Beanbag, yeah. shotgun, non-lethal. Mustard, or, or rather, tear gas, basically it, non-lethal. They, they couldn't use that, though. I mean, they couldn't use that. No, 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 I'm not talk- I, I wasn't advocating that they use tear gas or anything. I'm saying, did, if you see the security people that they had at, the, at Citizens Bank Park, I could have run away from these guys easily. Okay. You know, it, I'm, it was I'm, basically the, the cliche you see in a cartoon, the guy's holding a donut or something. Right, I mean, it, they're big, fat dudes. If you saw the security guys at Wrigley Field, for example, in Chicago, they're like 80 years old. If you really wanted to do something... I'm protecting them young whippersnappers in the boat. It's just like the security security guys and the ushers at at Chase Field, for example, where the Diamondbacks play. A lot of them are old or they're these kind of these, you know, more elderly or out of shape women or out of shape dudes. They're not going to stop me if I want to run onto the field. (laughs) <laughs> they have no chance. And then the, there's not, if you want to really stop people from running onto the field, you get the, the big, these big black dudes like they have at the, at, at nightclubs. <laughs> the bouncers. The guys, all of them, all these guys are like the size of Shaq for God's sake. And they're all right there. They're like, hey man, you don't going to cause me any trouble. On that, I'm like, no, no, sir. No, sir. You had a guy that, like that that's on the field. Dude wouldn't <laughs> even think about running. Uh, like somebody from Louisiana or something like that. Better, uh, sorry, New Orleans. Better, better not even try to get on my field. I'm the greatest security guard ever. Yeah, I'm Officer Shaq. Uh, 
But of course, my uh, my team I'm in the playoffs right now, so you know. I'm yeah, but I am. I'm not gonna be able to do a security uh, detail right now, but but it's not trying to come out. Like you're not gonna run on on a court in an NBA game, <laughs> are you? You got uh, ten uh, guys that are at least like six foot two, upwards of seven feet. Some of them, you're not gonna run on there. Like, yeah, who but I have would, Chuck Norris. Who would run onto the field at a baseball game? Now, reportedly, this kid called his dad and asked him, hey, man, should I run on the field? And his dad said, you know, son, it's not a good idea. So, of course, immediately he did. His, <laughs> his dad should have said, yeah, son, you should. Use a little reverse psychology. And then he would have said, oh, no, my dad thinks it's a good idea, so I'm not going to do it. it yeah, it, it, he should have been like, son, it'd be the coolest thing in the world. You'd if make you me so proud, son. <laughs> His dad. And, and his dad's like, you know what, kid? You, you know what, kid? It's not really a good call. He's like, you, you ah, screw you, dad. Much drug than alcohol as you can, and don't open a big company. Yeah. Yeah, it should have been like that. Anyway, there was no reports of whether or not the uh, the kid was um, intoxicated or not. I would. I'm. From what I understand, he was not. Um, which makes it even more bizarre. <laughs> Those are the kind of decisions you make while you're sober. I could only imagine the bad decisions you'd make while you're drunk. You know, I think Amy Winehouse is attractive. You know, that's, that's probably what... Or Lady Gaga. Yeah. Oh, my or, God. Or, or Jack Napolitano. <clears throat> but, but the question is, is that the right response? Now, uh, the police, they issued a statement saying that uh, the situation... Uh, it was it was a reasonable situation to use a taser. I disagree. I'm sorry. And again, I'm 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 very pro law enforcement. I'm okay with tasers in certain situations. This is not one of them. What they should have done is that they they should have cut him off on the other side of the field. You know, because they have security on both sides of the field, assumably, right? Right, but these it, guys, the 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 security guys that they have at the at the I, Phillies I know, games. But- what they should have done is basically just cut him off on the other side of the field, grab him, and just throw him out of the park. That's all they should have done. But the thing is, is again, you have to catch the guy. And if you saw these guys, they're not capable of catching anybody. They couldn't catch a cold, let alone catch a 17-year-old kid who's fairly wiry. You know, the pro- here's, what you, here's what you need to do. If you, really, if you want to have a serious, substantive you know, solution to this, Hire people that are in decent shape, that are under the age of 70, that um, actually have at least some physical prowess. And um, there you have it. You can't stop people from running onto the field. It's just the open nature of the game. You're just not going to be able to prevent it. Um, It it is what it is. It's going to happen from time to time. But using a taser, I'm sorry, it's irresponsible, it's foolish, and I think any officer that would do that, it's the lazy way out of, a, of an otherwise precarious situation. Period. Ouch. As I, as I slam my hand <laughs> down on the... <laughs> anyway. So there you go. That's, uh, that was the situation with the kid. The Phillies game. He, you know, he, I, I don't have a problem. Arrest him. Charge him with disorderly conduct. I wish we could charge people for being stupid. Yeah. 
Well, then, you know, we'd probably have too many people in jail, Mike. Our, our jails are overcrowded as it is. Look, yeah. stupid people do stupid things. When I was young and stupid, I was uh, young and stupid. I mean, I, I don't see this guy becoming the president of the United States anytime soon or holding any kind of... Uh, I don't yeah, see him. Like, I don't uh, see him writing a doctoral thesis on uh, on quantum physics. Mike George Bush Jr. became president. Wow. I really uh, there's not really much of a standard anymore. <laughs> as long as you're not Charles Manson, I think we'll elect you. Well, Charles Manson was it was actually a pretty smart guy. That's the sad thing. I think Charles <laughs> Manson Charles Manson would have had the sense not to run onto a baseball field. <laughs> and you know, listen, I, I'm I'm all for I, I say we take rapists and we shoot them in the face. Okay, I'm all, I'm all for that. All right, I'm all for I'm all for strict punishment. But I think using a taser on a 17 year old kid is stupid. I'm sorry, you're just you're not going to convince me that that is a reasonable practice or a reasonable way to handle a situation. You're just not you're not going to convince me of that no matter no matter what you do. Yeah. One does it's like that um old philosophy. When does they uh like you know a pile of sand become a heap of sand? You know one grain at a time or something like that. When does punishment become too much? You know. Well, right. I mean, there's there's a reasonable use of 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 tasers when when you have a guy and they say, well, you know, you use it on a guy that's escaping from a criminal situation. Listen, yeah, he, he he's on a baseball field. The field. He's on a baseball field. It'd be pretty easy to block the exits. It'd be pretty easy if you had guys that were in shape to catch him very easily. It's not a big deal. But again, we're talking about we're just, we're talking about common sense, and apparently, it's in short supply. So I, America, I believe. Mike. Yeah, I believe we set a record. The third segment of the program was over an hour by itself. That's a podcast all by itself. <laughs> yeah, just divide it up and set the other one aside for like another day. I, I know. I, I could I could save this and bundle it up for two shows. All right, it's uh, it's Michael Groff in exile. Thank you so much for checking us out. Mike at KMGX.com, the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. That's also our PayPal address for your most... Notable generous contributions to this fine program. AOL Instant Messenger, we're always on there. Michael Groff, show the screen name. All of your other Michael Groff needs can be addressed at the one, the only, michaelgroff.com. Thanks to James for joining us. <coughs> Impromptu. It was very, uh, you know, he was just here sort of spur of the moment. He's like, hey, uh, can I come on the podcast? And I said, yeah. why not? wasn't planned like last time. Last time we like did it two weeks in advance. Well, stuff. right. So I have no problem with it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the, the show gets gets lonely. Maybe, maybe I could become a Friday regular. Why not? A whole new segment. You have an old segment of the pro group. Uh, All right. All right. Otherwise, we'll see you uh, uh, tomorrow. Thank Minana. you for tuning in. <laughs> see, I, I know my Spanish for Cinco de Mayo. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Yeah, we'll, uh, let's see. Anything else I need to point out? No, that's it. That's it. We're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Send us money and Coke Zero, please. Send money, Coke Zero, or hot chicks. Yeah, we, we both could use one of those right now. Yeah.
I'd take I, any of the three right now. Okay. Any one of the three. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night.